Well, we've been talking about leadership in the church now for some time, and it just seems to me to be about too much. It's sort of getting boring. But uh, the sermon today is different than talking about the leaders of the church. It's about you. <laughs> this sermon is about you, the followers, the body of the congregation, and your responsibility. So this will keep your attention, I'm sure. Let us pray. May we hear what God wants us to hear so that we can be what God wants us to be. So we can do what God wants us to do. Amen. It is in the vastness of heaven that we grasp God's magnificence and glory. The stars are indeed a, a metaphor for our spiritual lives trying to embrace the greatness of God. The vastness of the night sky is beyond our ability to fathom, and it's the same with God. So our lives are spent in a dance with the stars, a perichoresis of imagination and embracing, a circulating choreography of God's reaching and our receiving, of God's giving and our accepting, of God's grace and our rejoicing in freedom and in renewal. Faith is dancing with the stars in a rhythmic moment of growing and understanding and in a deepening relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So, despite the old Baptist ban, we gather as a congregation in a dance of relationship with one another and with God. As you know, classic ballroom dancing requires a partner. And we dance, therefore, in relationship with others. And to be a good dance partner takes practice and knowledge of some basic skills. And it requires paying attention. Sometimes we step on toes, make mistakes. But it is a joy to be a part of the dance. And in dancing together, remember, someone has to lead. Leading of any kind is hard. So we're using the book Leadership for Vital Congregations as a basis for these summer sermons. And it's clear that leadership in a congregation is hard. The pastor as leader, the council of ministries, our ministry teams, our other organizations. These are hard jobs for leaders. And so I invite us today to look at leaders in the Bible. And long before there were kings, which are so well known, and even long before there were the judges that we read about in the book of Judges, God raised up a trio of leaders, two brothers and a sister. It was Moses, Aaron, and Sister Miriam. And they were called to lead the people out of bondage in Egypt into the desert, and ultimately to the promised land. Remember how the people in those old stories 
complained all the time, how they murmured against Moses and against God, and how at times they reviled Moses. Poor guy. He had to sometimes say hard things. Sometimes he had to pronounce God's judgment on them and force them to see the consequences of their actions. Let's face it. Moses never would have won any popularity contest, would he? He had the responsibility of leadership that called him to do things that were hard. Leadership is hard. Sometimes the people would turn to Aaron, the brother, for a second opinion. (laughs) When Moses didn't give them what they wanted, they would circumvent Moses' leadership to receive an answer more to their liking. See, Aaron was a little more pastoral. He was the one who was setting up the priests and the priestly service. That was his task. But it was Moses who was the prime leader. And the people going around or bypassing Moses' leadership because he held the course had disastrous results on several occasions. Aaron would cave in to the people's demands. He didn't remain true to the course that God had set through Moses' leadership. You remember? Remember it was when Moses was up on the mountaintop communicating with the Almighty when the people grew weary of waiting. They wanted to worship a God that they could see. And they feared that Moses was never going to return. So they begged Aaron to help them to find strength in a God that was visible and present for them. And so Aaron took their gold and he formed it into a calf, which they worshipped in festive joy. Then Moses came down with God's word for them, only to discover that Aaron and the people engaged in the worship of a gold idol. And man, was Moses mad. Aaron was a leader without backbone giving the people what they wanted rather than what he knew they needed. He let them down as a leader because he had a failure of courage and emotional strength. Yes, friends, leadership is hard because leaders like Moses have to stay the course when it's unpopular, when it's difficult, and even when it's unimaginable. Well, we in the church today are much like our ancient ancestors of faith that we read about in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. We still want an Aaron to give us what we want when we know in our deepest places that what we want is self-serving and that harms us and the church. The gospel calls us together. We choose to be in relationship because we value a common faith and the expression of it in this specific place. What drew you here or what keeps you here? 
surely includes the movement of the Spirit of God in your soul. There's a deep penetration of meaning, meaning, even when we don't feel it or experience it. It's there because we know we are assured that God is faithful. And so, this sermon is about you. In this thing we call leadership, we have all committed to a common covenant, which says certain people are appointed to lead, and we covenant to follow in this dance with the stars. Your leaders with whom you dance include the pastor, the council of ministries, and other leaders of teams and commissions and organizations. Now this understanding of our relationship between leaders and followers is important as in the next few months we come together to be strong and healthy and form a leadership covenant with a new pastor who will come. Anthony Robinson, the the writer of this book that we're using, posits important ideas regarding the leadership of First Baptist Church and its needs. So listen and hear Robinson's message for us and for all who want a vital congregation. It's chapter 5, The Role and Responsibility of the Congregation. That's you. Robinson says leadership is relational. It is based on a covenant, not a contract. The differences between a covenant and a contract are instructive in this instance. You see, a covenant is based on trust more than on legal authority. We don't know the future, but we covenant, we agree to walk together into the unknown. You see, that is covenant. A contract delineates what we're going to, what the results will be. And in covenant, as we walk together, we don't know. But we agree that we will face the future together. We live in times, though, of diminished trust. And so if a covenant is based on trust, we have some serious difficulty going on here. But that diminished trust of covenantal relationships goes both ways. Because we know that pastors have broken trust with congregations. And congregations have broken trust with pastors. But it is still a covenantal relationship based on trust. No other way leads to the promised land. The land of healthy leadership and healthy followership. Trust works both ways. But today, we look at your responsibility as God's followers. Can a pastor coming in trust you, the congregation, to follow, to support, to challenge, to hold accountable? Can a pastor trust you to come directly with concerns, to not gripe and gossip with others about your concerns? Or are we locked in a quid pro quo relationship? I'll support you as long as you do the things I like or I want. Do you want a Moses type or an Aaron type as a leader? We have a covenant with God 
And we have a covenant with one another and our leaders. It's a mutual covenant. And so does this congregation want strong leaders? Or does it want a chaplain? Does it want a Moses? Or does it want an Aaron? A leader like Moses leads by challenging the status quo and casting a vision to a preferred possible future and assisting in making that a reality. Now, a chaplain like Aaron baptizes the status quo and supports those programs and people who are here without regard to God's call to be in ministry for others and into the future in new times. A chaplain brings spiritual comfort, but not spiritual energy. A chaplain is a good friend embracing our hurts, but not leading us beyond our healing. But the greatest leader of all is Jesus. And Jesus leads like Moses, with strength and a sense of connection with God. Jesus calls forth our best selves. Not by commanding, but by inviting covenantal living, trusting one another as we move forward in relationship. The positive outcome is well illuminated in the story of Jesus feeding of the 5,000. He had five loaves, two fish, 5,000 men plus women and children. What was he to do? What was he to do? Dismiss them and let them go off because they were out towards the edge of the wilderness? Let them go back to their homes and find food? No. He had them sit down. He took the little bit that the disciples brought to him, the five loaves and the two fish that they had been able to gather together. And he had the people sit down and he gave thanks for what they had. Then he gave this to the disciples who then began to distribute it to the people. Now we often think of this as a miracle story like, poof, there was more. But in faith, as the disciples began to distribute, the basket came around and the people took out the food that they had squirreled away inside their garments, their robes and what they were wearing. There were inside pockets and you never went out into the wilderness without provision. And so as the basket came down, they shyly, almost secretively would take what they wanted out of their secret pocket and add a little bit more to the basket. And then it was passed and each added or took as they had need or opportunity. You see what happened? They all partook in the sharing as well as in the eating. There is more than enough. They learned to live in Jesus' abundance, not in the scarcity of the world. Jesus was a leader who took them to a place that they could not have imagined. This congregation has abundant gifts to share, money, energy, giftedness, patience, imagination, and intelligence. 
And so we need to hear Jesus' invitation to partake of that abundance and to share it. We need for Jesus to invite us to all just simply sit down and to be partakers of the abundance that he gives. If we do that, we all become partners in this dance of living as community. Each movement contributes to the end result of beauty and abundance. The choreography of our actions, beliefs, and presence yields a motion that is pleasing to God and builds the kingdom of God. And so I invite us, let us live together as a covenant people, honoring our responsibility to the covenant with our leaders, sharing what we bring for the good of all. We will have abundance and much left over. God will be honored and the world will be a better place. And so we are dancing with the stars in a choreography of life and leadership. May God bless us as we sit down and as we partake of this abundance that God provides. Amen. Amen.